Welcome back to the wraparound show as a Packwood Locker presents high school basketball. We got a new sponsor, and that is Pilot Grove Savings Bank. I'm out Pleasant, Iowa, but we are talking Kyoto Eagles. So we must be talking at Davis Salons of Coralville and Physical Therapy Services of Kelowna, Iowa. We have the voice of the Kyoto Eagles, who just played a real tough game with the North Mahaska Warhawks. Andy McGuire, welcome to the program, Andy. Great to be back, Dave. Well, uh, it was a tough night for the home team. Uh, started out real great, but uh, at the end of the day, I think we went down 68-64. Was that the final score? 69-64, to I think it was a final loss by five. Okay, well, uh, even sounds worse the way you say it. Yeah, um, you know, I thought it was a, a good game. Uh, Kira played hard the first half. Um, third period kind of got lost. Uh, North Nebraska kind of fell out of that full court press that they were trying to run a little bit in that first half. And Cole Kennard really exposed that and uh, was able to put the ball in the hoop um, against that press. Uh, second half, they settled in and Braden Steele really went to work on the block. Um, so uh, tough loss for Kyoto, but a really quality team out of North Mahaska, only two losses the year. One was to Linville solely, and the other one was to, um, where was that? Uh, up north, I think, uh, maybe a 2A school. But anyway, uh, North Mahaska is a quality program. Went to the state tournament last year and lost in the first round, um, maybe to North Lynn, who ended up winning the state tournament last year. So um, North Mahaska returned. All of their scoring from last year, so uh, a veteran-laden group um, playing against Kyoto, who was actually down Aiden Anderson. I think he was home with a stomach bug, and uh, Connor Strand still nursing that uh, foot injury that he has. So really limited on the on the depth tonight, and that's really been kind of the story for Kyoto lately. Is what was a really solid bench early in the year is kind of depleted at this point and uh, really brought uh, one guy off the bench tonight. So uh, I think they just kind of got outran and outmanned tonight, but played a really tough game. Proud of the way the Kyoto Eagles played. Yeah, well, uh, the first quarter was the best quarter I've seen him play all year, especially for Killer Cole uh, Kindred. Tell, tell our listeners what, I mean, just how off he was going. Yeah, he was really getting up and down the court. Like I say, they really tried to put the full court press on, and uh, Kyoto did a really nice job breaking that press, and that led to Cole being able to get down the lane and either kick it out to Sawyer where he was able to knock some shots down and others were able to contribute, um, or Cole was able to take it and get it off a of glass and, and really make things happen. Cole was hitting them from three, and we were really firing on all cylinders in that first period, and that was definitely led by Cole Kindred. Yeah, well, uh you tried, I tried, Coach Stout tried, hell, even Mama tried. But uh, in the words of Merle Haggard, anyway, Mama tried, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't yeah. enough. The working man blues are upon us. And uh, we moved to 10 and 3 while North uh, Mahaska uh, pushes herself into second place in the conference and uh, right on the heels of Linville Sully. Yep, that's right. You know, back to Merle Haggard. Uh, um, one of my favorite tunes is Misery and Gin, and I'm all out of gin, so I guess we'll just deal with the first half of that song tonight on this loss, but pick up the pieces and get ready to go up to Colfax Mingo on Friday night and take on on those guys. And then on Saturday, the Kyoto Eagles will have Hillcrest Academy 
which will be another big game for Kyoto to try and uh, get back on the horse and maybe beat a quality program. Well, tonight, here I am again, mixing misery and gin. But in the morning, could uh, in the morning, I'll start loving you again, Kyoto Eagles. So uh, thanks for being with us. Andy, can you go over a couple of the uh, outstanding players uh, for the uh, – North Wahaska Warhawks that came out with a victory tonight. All right, yeah, the uh, the the player of the game went to Braden Steele, and uh, the Beyond Beautiful Benches player went to the um, Samson kid from North Mahaska. Yeah, uh, there's an Anderson kid played really well. Uh, Nash played really well. Uh, that Steele kid played really well. They, they kind of all played really well, and we uh, didn't do the best shot selection, and we shot a lot of threes and missed them, and. Uh, didn't get the ball inside and trying uh, enough, but uh, it's just one game. We'll get back in the saddle. Uh, who do we got on Friday? Colfax Bingo on Friday. And that's a road game, huh? That's correct. Going all the way up to darn near Altoona to watch the Colfax Mingo. Um, they would be in the bottom of the west side of the Sickle Conference. So if uh, Kyoto gets back and plays solid basketball, should have no problem rolling through Colfax Mingo. Well, uh, Kyoto and Mudville have something in common. There's no joy in Mudville or Kyoto tonight. Well, thanks, Andy. We'll wrap around the league to see what other scores we can come up with. We are moving to Burlington, Iowa, as uh, Jeff Mills of uh, Real Smart Videos uh, is with us. You were uh, What game were you at tonight? I was up at Burlington Notre Dame watching them take on the crosstown rivalry there with West Burlington. Well, I bet uh, with the proximity of those two teams, the gym was a pack, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was full, that's for sure. Uh, student sections were battling it out. <laughs> Quite ruckus. Uh, well, uh, what was the what was the action like tonight over there? Um, started off as it was a pretty good ball game. Um, I tell you what, this West Burlington team, there's a reason they're undefeated. Their front court with uh, Braden Martin and what's the other kid's name? Watkins, Mason Watkins. They're they're really good. Um, they their defense and stuff. Notre Dame, they just I don't know. They couldn't get a good look at the basket, and West Burlington pretty much controlled uh, most of the game. So that, yeah, that was a uh, um, well. Uh, Kind of just give us a synopsis of what happened, a little bit of description of the game, then tell me uh, who were some of the better players from both teams or who was the better performers, I should say, for tonight anyway. Okay. Uh, for West Burlington, like I said, um, their uh, junior guard, Braden Martin, is a good three-point shooter, real quick on his feet. Same way with the other one, Mason Watkins. He's only a sophomore, so they're going to be good for the foreseeable future, I'd say. But um, Martin hit – uh, 22 points, I believe, and Watkins had 19. And another kid that really caught my eye for West Burlington was senior Jace Figueroa. Um, he was in double digits scoring. I thought he's either 10 or 12 or somewhere around there, but um, just his defensive play, and he was doing everything on the court. He was everywhere, forcing turnovers, getting steals, rebounds, all that stuff. He really uh, caught my eye. I think he played pretty much, in my opinion, he played the most complete game for West Burlington tonight. Over on the Notre Dame side, um, they got a big – he has to be 6'4", 6'5". He's a big, tall kid, Carson Jones, senior. Uh, I think he had maybe 
like I said, I don't have the stats here in front of me, but I know he had double digits too. Had a real good game. Another kid, Caden Schwinker, who's a junior, uh, again in double digits. The, the, I think they love the team in scoring, if I'm correct. Like I said, I don't have the stats right here in front of me, but those two really caught my eye for Notre Dame. Yeah, it was just. Sorry, go ahead. What was the final score? Uh, it ended up being. Uh, what was it? Sorry about that. 6847. Yep, I was right. West Burlington come out on top 6847. They led 34 to 19 heading into the half. So Notre Dame really played a better game uh, offensively in the second half, kind of opened up things up a little bit and played a little better. But um, like I said, West Burlington just pulled out and never looked back. Well, we have been hearing, I hear from coach after coach after coach about how great uh, uh, West Burlington is and how great these two guards, this Martin and uh, uh, what's the other one's name? Uh, Watkins, Mason Watkins. Yeah, yeah. They just, everyone's just raving about them. Uh, I yeah, think they're, can... they're undefeated this season. Uh, do, you, do you have any idea what the record is for uh, Burlington Notre Dame, the Knights and the uh, the West uh, they were eight and what was it, eight and three, I believe. So they might be eight and four. What about uh, I know uh, West Burlington went to uh, ten and zero, obviously still unbeaten. Well, they're having a great season. Well, Jeff, anything else you want to tell us before we move on to the next city? I will say Notre Dame's got a real good good team too. It's just when you're playing a matchup like West Burlington, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a tough one. Sometimes yeah. you don't shoot good, and sometimes you shoot great, and it's uh, a lot of things can happen. Basketball's a, a sport, but I do know that here in the second half, a lot of teams are really stepping it up, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. That New London game, man, that they really caught my eye. Play Waco that close. That, I wish I would have been there for that one. I was there, and about gave me a heart attack, man. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah. best games you'd ever see. Uh, um, but. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Jeff, thanks as always for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Welcome back to the Round Guy Radio Scoreboard Show presented by the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa. Also want to welcome uh, Pilot Grove Savings Bank and as a as a brand new sponsor. Scotty Melvin is with us from Sunny, Florida, but he is going to go over this, this, the remaining scores with us. So welcome program, Scotty. Hey, good morning, Dave, from a, a bright and sunshiny day here in Largo, Florida, man. I can't tell you how good it feels. I bet you're, I'm, I'm proud to hear you're enjoying it, but I'll tell you what, uh, uh, it was pretty warm last night at the uh, Eagle's Nest. It was warm Monday night at the Warrior Dome down there in Waco. Uh, we're having, a, a, the season is heating up, and you and I are going to go over some of these scores. Uh, the first one I'm going to throw at you is the Notre Dame Knights knock off the Washington Demons, fifty-eight to forty-nine. Oh my gosh! Uh, um, the Notre Dame Knights are, are are a powerhouse, having a great season. Washington continues to win one, lose one. Yeah, the Demons are kind of uh, hard to figure out this year because they look to me whenever I've watched them on on um, YouTube that. They could beat anybody any given night, and then they come out and have some of these nights. Granted, against a good opponent, where they they just uh, drop one here and there. But Notre Dame's kind of been sneaky to me, so I don't know a lot about them. But they, I keep seeing them on the uh, on the ticker 
with some really nice wins, I think they're uh, kind of sneaking in the conversation as one of the area's best. Oh, right, man. That was, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and we did get a report on Tuesday night's game. Uh, well, you probably already heard it from Real Clear Classics, but, well, let's move on. The Pekin Panther 63, Highland Huskies 17. Uh, Pekin on a bit of a roll. They got past Sigourney in the backyard brawl. I was there for that. Uh, the potato soup was the soup winner. Uh, followed closely by chicken noodle and vegetable beef. But uh, um, yeah, well, that was an exciting game. Uh, really was impressed with a, a kid that we're about to break some news about. If you're ready, Scotty. I'm ready. Jordan Wolvers will be now known as the Wolfman. Clap for the Wolfman. He gonna rate your record high. Yeah, the Wolfman. He he earned his nickname in that game there as a player of the game uh, against Sigourney in a hard-fought battle. But they get by the Highland Huskies, uh, put up some good numbers. Uh, I'm not surprised uh, that they won, but maybe by the by the margin. I'm not so surprised by the margin. Highlands. Uh... At least boys sports, uh, team sports, that is. It looks to me like they got some great wrestlers. But as far as team sports go on the boys' side, it seems like this year they're uh, in a lot of uh, youth, you know, right at the moment. So they're going to take some on the chin. Deacon is in the conversation as one of the, the best teams in the area. Uh, I think if they were in a different conference, they'd probably be challenging for uh, a conference championship because they, they, for what I've seen of them, they look real complete. And uh, got some solid talent in several positions. So that one didn't surprise me. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs and be one dangerous team, I think. Uh, and they do look like – it feels like they're kind of coming together and uh, really kind of making it drive. And we're going to talk about the uh, uh, Winfield-Mount Union uh, peaking game Friday. That's the game of the week here coming up. I'm going to be talking to both coaches for that. Well, I want to hear your thoughts – on the new London Tigers Waco Warrior game that uh, John Bain and I called, and uh, I'm happy to report the call of that game. Uh, the ratings are through the roof on it. You know that kind of, as far as basketball goes, is the maybe the primo rivalry in the area right now uh, in the smaller school side. Anyway, Waco and New London, when they get together, you can throw out the records. Uh, not that you need to, because these are two high caliber teams with a lot of victories between them. Um, Waco has more depth, but in this game, it didn't seem to matter because New London played uh, very hard. They played lights out. They were within striking distance the entire time. Had it tied up there going into the fourth. At the same time, I I never felt like Waco was going to let them get over the top, and they didn't. But uh, four-point victory, that's uh, that's pretty tight game. Well, uh, yeah, and these are a reminder, these are Monday night scores, but there's just a few of them, and we're going to go over them. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I had to break out. I got some more breaking news for you. Let's hear it. I got three new nicknames. Two for New London and one uh, for an integral part of the uh, Waco Warriors. But we are going to go with Purple Haze Blaze Porter. All right. Because he plays basketball like Jimi Hendrix plays the guitar. I mean, he is the most impressive guard I've seen all year long, he breaks that press in a fraction of a second. I mean, I never seen but to get from one side of the court to the other so quick. Uh, at 25 points, uh, he was just a never say die player. Uh, and then, uh, we're going with Cade the Blade Benjamin. How about that one? 
That's pretty fitting. You know, Cade reminds me of the smaller, smaller uh, school version of Carter Harmson from Mid Prairie. Uh, tall, big body, good leaper. Uh, lots of dunks uh, from Cade. He's, you know, he's going to D1 college to, to do some high jumping. So he's an exciting player to watch and a, and a good uh, piece of New London's success. Well, we're going back to the Waco Warriors. We're going to give the last starter who doesn't have a nickname a nickname. And we're going with Cody killing me softly, Graber. <laughs> Cody's kind of, uh, I don't know. He's, he's really wowing me more and more as we get into the season. And, and it's not for the things that uh, we already knew about him. He's, he's tall. He's got great length. Um, he blocks a lot of shots, gets a lot of rebounds. He, he does have some, some nice touch around the hoop, too, to score some points. But... You know, I've noticed that, that he can shoot it from the outside some. He doesn't do it a lot, but he, he's got that in his back pocket. But his passing, he's the best passing big man I've seen in a while on the high school level. And I am seeing that kind of come out more and more as we get deeper into the season. So he's fast becoming one of my favorite players to watch. Well, I want to thank Eichelberger Farms for supporting the Waco Warriors. That was why we were able to be over there to cover that game. And, uh, the, the sponsorship's getting kind of critical because uh, of all the costs can't seem to be increasing to cover the games, and uh, uh, it just there's a lot of costs involved in doing it. But uh, when we get a sponsor, we'll get out there and give you some games of the week. And uh, one of the teams we've got earmarked for our game of the week coming up is the Mount Pleasant Panthers, who are sponsored by Pilot Grove Savings Bank of Mount Pleasant. And uh, they got a big win Monday night over the Albia Blue Demons, who – if, uh, if memory serves me, they beat uh, the Washington Demons in double overtime. But this was a 56-32 to 32 game. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, Albia is a good team, and I, I've only seen um, clips of them and their scores, of course. Um, but the clips that, that Jacob Lidzendorf will put up on, on uh, his page there on Twitter. And they're a high-quality team, Mount Pleasant appeared scoring from the score to have ran him out of the gym the other night, Monday. Uh, Mount Pleasant, I think, is still flying under the radar statewide as a, as a 3A player come postseason. But uh, to those of us around here, as we're starting to see the, the pack separate in these conferences now that we're in the second half of the season, Mount Pleasant looking to me like they're they're my personal favorite in that conference they play in the Southeast Conference. I think they are going to come out on top of it this year, and uh, they seem to be getting hotter as the season progresses. And uh, there was uh, well Monday night uh, there was a great big upset as uh, Minneapolis uh, took down uh, Winfield Mount Union uh, uh, at at Minneapolis. Uh, you previewed a little bit of that game. Was you able to, to follow up or see any of it, or do you know anything about that game? Got some stats from it, and, and the score uh, was not able to find it. Um, it was a low score on game, uh, but I, don't, I, I did, did get a text about it. So, but. Well, some of what I thought might come together for Mediapolis to give them a chance seemed to happen. Uh, Cam Buffington still scored like 16 points. They didn't hold him down, but he didn't go crazy either. And I felt like uh, in that particular game, matched up against Cole Lipper, there was going to be kind of an even break uh, between the, those two players. And somebody from Winfield Mount Union, and they have the guys to do it, was going to have to step up and have a big game. And I thought that opportunity was there. Abram Edwards pulled down 15 rebounds. So you got Cam Buffington with another double-double. He went for 16 and 10, I believe. 
Abram had 15 boards. There were some really nice stat lines for the Wolves. But uh, the, the guys that lead the way for Mediapolis, Ben Egan, Cole Lipper, uh, Jackson Hutchison had a big night. Um, I can't remember one young man's name that put up 12 points for Mediapolis. But they, they just seem to get more balanced scoring where Winfield Mount Union typically leans on Cam for, for that. And uh, he got his, but nobody else stepped up and had a big night scoring-wise. So Mediapolis got out of there with a the win. Well, Mediapolis, we're going to switch over to Tuesday night, and we'll stay with Mediapolis as they got, I believe, like a 71-51 victory somewhere in that 20-point range. I, I think that's what the score was, uh, but uh, over Central Lee. And uh, here's Mediapolis to me is an example of what I'm seeing out of New London's, out of uh, like North Wahaska last night. I mean, we're seeing uh, these teams that were on the bubble of being great teams, the Pekins. Have, have kicked it into a, another higher gear, you know, for the second half of the season. And I, I definitely think uh, uh, Mediapolis is off on a roll. Well, when you look at their record, uh, I think they're sitting at seven and four now. So you say, hey, they've lost four games. That's uh, yeah, They're off to a great start, but four games versus some of the undefeateds we've got around here, the one-loss teams. But you look at their schedule, uh, those four losses were against really high-quality teams. They've got a, they've got a tough schedule, and, and when you play a tough schedule in basketball, you ain't coming out every game with a win. Some nights are a cold shooting night or whatever. Um, and, you know, that, that, that record's a little deceiving, so I'd have to put them up there with the top tier um, now that we've got double-digit games under our belt here and look out for them. And you, you, you don't want to have an off night against a team like that. Well, they're off to a smoking hot start for the second half, and uh, we'll see. They've got some pretty tough games on their schedule ahead. Uh, but we are going to the Extreme Arena in Coralville, Iowa, where the Mid-Prairie Golden Hawks took down Regina 58-52 to under the spotlight up there. How about that, huh? That's a pretty cool venue to play in, I bet. Uh, I've only seen footage of the hockey team up there right now so i was curious to see how they did that up for a basketball game but uh yeah golden hawks got uh nipped the other night by williamsburg in a comeback game i saw didn't get a final on that i think that was monday night uh but they come back strong with a big win over a rival in the regina regals uh i saw alex bean had 21 points to lead the way for the golden hawks man that was a well i just think that that's a great way to expand high school basketball in iowa keep the interest moving in high school basketball in Iowa. And uh, they were they were scheduled to play at the Wells Fargo Arena. So uh, the coach has got them stepping out. And uh, he's, he's uh, proud to display his team all across the state, isn't he? He is. And if you remember last year, while everybody was on their winter break, uh, Coach Lambert and his team headed down to uh, Kansas City and played a big school down there and, and won. On their way to what ended up being an undefeated regular season that ended in the state tournament. So, yeah, Coach Lambert seems to be uh, a guy that likes to to provide these special uh, venues and and stuff for his team, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, he's doing a lot for Iowa high school basketball to spread it around and to showcase these Southeast Iowa teams. And if I would, I'd showcase the team if I was the Golden Hawks. They're awesome, aren't they? Yeah, they uh, seem to have quite a program going right now. Um, Especially on the basketball side, but that's just Mid Prairie. They're 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 a Excellent formidable effort, opponent, man. Them and Waco are like carbon copy schools of each other, aren't they? Just uh, do everything great. Well, 
Uh, the Hillcrest Academy Ravens uh, bounce back from a tough loss to uh, Winfield Mount Union and bounce Highland uh, 67 to 13. That's a tough uh, Monday and Tuesday night for the Highland Huskies. Yeah, and they're going to have a lot of those this year, it looks like, because um, I've seen this identical, it seems like an identical score um, since game one of the season for them. And it's just a bad year to be full of young guys and, and inexperienced because we have a ton of experience and talent in the area right now. So um, you're not going to get very many nights where you're, when you're in that mode, that you're going to play an opponent that is as well. So it's just going to be a learning curve. Hopefully the kids that are, there stick with it and uh keep improving keep playing and uh maybe get some of their buddies to join in the in the coming years and uh, get that thing going in the right direction well uh andy uh mcguire gave us a little preview of this bgm bears sigourney game uh the bgm bears have a uh don't have the greatest record but uh they took down sigourney uh and they, they they're making a reputation uh they knocked down iowa valley earlier this year uh Sigourney is a, a short three of their starting players right now. So uh, during the game with Pekin, even down short three starters, they really was uh, on the path to win that game until uh, the Coltrane fouled out. And then now you're now you got one starter and, and four, uh, you know, second string guys in there. And that was when Pekin kind of really started to, at the very end of the game, started to push pushed yourselves ahead and uh, take that down. Gosh, that was a great game. But uh, uh, kind of still kind of a surprise. The BGM Bears looked like they had a fantastic night, and uh, Sigourney just kind of grinded it out. But uh, uh, they, they they finished a distant second here. Yeah, I'm not uh, – after hearing that they're down some players, I'm not so surprised. I was a little surprised when I first saw that score. But I don't, I don't know anything about BGM. Okay. Well, here's a team uh, that you might know a little something about, and that is uh, a matchup between the Wapalo Indians and the Pekin Panthers here in Pekin, Iowa, or at Packwood, Iowa, I guess would be the address. 67-39, Pekin wins this one. This one, uh, the score spread surprised me a little bit, but not knowing the whole story. But I, I feel like Pekin is inching into the conversation of our, uh, our top-tier teams. Whereas Wapolo has the talent, but they definitely are short on bodies. And uh, if their big guy lands, gets in foul trouble, that that's uh, and I don't know if that's what happened here, but if it did, that that's always going to be tough sledding for Wapolo. So uh, they get a they get a little more depth going. They'll be uh, hard to beat. But right now, they're just kind of under under those top tier teams right now in that uh, respect. Well, HLV led by my. One of my favorite players, the the Bearded Mountain down there, uh, takes down uh, English Valley. Uh, let me see what the score is. 57 to 50. Uh, HLV wins one. Um, you know, I, I enjoy watching. I haven't seen English Valley. don't know too much about them. HLV is kind of a grinded out team, the kind of team you can get behind. Uh, I don't know if you know much about them or not. I don't know anything about HLV. English Valley is what I do know about them is they're in uh, kind of a, the same boat as a uh, Highland where they've got a lot of young guys, but they seem to compete really well. So uh, that bodes well for them. Well, uh, here we are. We're coming down the, the stretch to the last game, and that is North Mahaska knocks off the Kyoto Eagles 69-64. to 64. Uh, 
uh, North Mass got a great team. We were down. Uh, uh, one of our starters was out. Aiden Anderson had a, a, a virus, a stomach virus, and he was wasn't able to play. And I think uh, uh, I think that hurt. You know, uh, although uh, uh, the Dalton gang, Dalton Dog came in and he he had one of his great games. Uh, Killer Cole uh, Kindred had the best quarter I've ever seen uh, uh, any player have. Really, basically, I mean, it was just lights out. He was lighting the he was lighting the gym up. They, he got him out to a thirteen or fourteen point lead that it just kind of just dwindled away until the half and. Really didn't play that great down the stretch. You know, it seemed like Kyoto took a lot of threes uh, that they I don't think they needed to take, you know, and they missed them all. So definitely wasn't the greatest move, especially when, you know, when they got, you got Nash and you got Steele and you got this uh, Anderson kid down there that are so good at rebounding, so big bodies, you know, that they can get in the basket and get those rebounds, you know. So uh, really a great night uh, early for Kyoto, but it kind of faded down the stretch. But these Warhawks are a talented bunch. To, uh, do you know anything about Nash or Steele or this Harmon kid? I don't know anything about North Mahaska other than when the other coaches from the Sickle talk about them. They're mentioned in the uh, the group of elite in that conference. So I'm not surprised they pulled this win out. But I think Kyoto's got enough uh, talent and depth that they – they could beat anybody in that conference. And, uh, you know, it's too bad that this one slipped away, but, you know, it was, it was a good game. It looked like to me, score-wise, uh, could have gone either way. And uh, it's a tough conference, and there's going to be a lot of battles like this, but that's what prepares you for the postseason. Well, Scotty, you would have been proud of the student section. Holy smokes, did they bring it last night. Hey, I love that Kyoto student section. Um in all my years in Iowa, I think two of my favorites in that re- respect are the Mount Pleasant Panther student section, never lets me down, and neither does the Kyoto Eagles or the Sigourney Kyoto Cobras if we're talking football. Well, they had work in, uh, construction workers night. They all had the safety vests on. They had pylons. They had hard hats, and they were uh, in top form. Well, uh, one more shout-out uh, to uh, – I want to shout out to the Waco band. Holy smokes, did they deliver. Uh, you know, it, they were the cherry on that Sunday. I can tell you that. Uh, it was a great experience. We had a great week. Uh, want to thank uh, Physical Therapy Services of Kelowna, Iowa. I want to thank Adeva Salon of Coralville, Iowa. I want to thank Eichelberger Farms of, uh, of Wayland, Iowa. I want to thank uh, the Packwood Locker. Of Packwood, Iowa. I uh, want to thank Beyond Beautiful Benches for the off-the-bench player of the game. Uh, thanks for being with us, Scotty. Hey, I'll make time when I can. It's uh, it's a goofy schedule down here, but uh, you know we'll uh, we'll get it covered. Well, I, I know everybody around here appreciates hearing from you, and thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, real quick, let's shout out uh, the Winfield Mount Union girls team. Big win against Minneapolis the other night. Uh, two rank squads going at it, and Ella Kissel from the Waco Warriors, oh. thirty-nine points versus New London uh, in the girls' game the other night. Well, I was, uh, I, I, uh, I didn't want to stretch the episode out, but I'm so glad that you mentioned that Ella Kissel. We saw her. I mean, yeah, you wow. were there. That was a jaw-dropping performance from her. I think thirty, yeah, thirty-nine. We thought it was forty-one, but that's forty-one's uh, her career high, but uh, pretty close. They took her out of the game. She was all upset about it, but. Uh, <laughs> 
She's a competitor. Uh, said, she's a lot of fun to watch. Back in? The coach says no. And then she said like a minute later, well, can you put me back in now? So sit down. You know, <laughs> but it was, it was a great, it was a great game. Matt, what? Uh, Scotty, I know why you love the Waco Warriors. Uh, it is an experience unlike no others. And to see what we call it, we build as the Hatfield and McCoy game of uh, Southeast Iowa, because there just don't seem to be any two towns that grind each other's gears like New London and uh, Waco. But I'll say this about New London. I never watched a New London game that wasn't exciting and fun, and uh, they didn't have a lot of talent. Did you? You know, I'd have to go back a lot of years. When I first moved to Iowa, uh, New London was honestly kind of a laughing stock, especially in the boys' uh, basketball realm. Um, I remember watching them. I had a friend that coached on the JV squad. This is a long time ago. We're talking in the 1990s, and, and they just couldn't buy a win back then. So it's good to see that the, the community has uh, got something really special to root for because those guys have been killing it in uh, pretty much all sports uh, these last several years. Well, uh, I want to I want to really thank Coach Porter for coming on the show. And uh, I asked him, you know, what are you going to do with this Waco Warriors? He says, we're going to speed this thing up. You know what I mean? And and uh, uh, they did it. You know, I mean, it was – I'd never seen a, a team, a uh, high school team, that could move the ball from the backcourt to the frontcourt as quick as they could. Uh, I haven't seen anybody with the talent of Blaze Porter. I'll tell you that. Uh but their coach had a great game plan. He had a lot of command. He commands a lot of respect. His team does what they want. Uh, you know, uh, there was a three-point shot that, with a, you know, fractions of a second left that I guess the clock had run out before the shot got off. But it was, a, you know, just one of those eyelash things. And uh, he hit that three. And if, it, yeah. if that would have counted, they'd have, they'd have been in there. And when they shot free throws brilliantly, up through the third quarter in the fourth period, they didn't. They missed a lot of free throw opportunities. So they very well could have walked out of that gym with a win. But uh, the great team effort, and I, I do think it was the, uh, I do think that it was Waco's bench that uh, they didn't hardly substitute. I think they played six, maybe seven players, maybe seven, probably just six, uh, the whole game. And uh, Coach Kissel had them fresh, and then Cody uh, Stefan shoot come off the bench and got his third uh, off the bench player of the game. So uh, that kid always plays good whenever I'm in the gym. Probably uh, when anybody's in the gym, don't you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's the, uh, you know, no matter how good a team plays and, and like we've talked about a lot with Waco's pressure defense, you've got to have really good guard play. And New London certainly has that. They may have the best in the area outside of a West Burlington. Um, so the press is, uh, not nearly as effective as it is against some teams that don't have such great guards, but where Waco will get you in the end is they've got too many bodies. They've got, you know, we, we talk about teams that are a little shorthanded or teams that are only go, you know, seven deep or whatever. Waco's got five more guys that can start for about anybody. And that's, that's really tough to contend with. And they get on the floor and make things happen. You know, even if they're just in for three minutes at a time, they're still making things happen. But uh, it's tough. a couple performances of Waco that I really got to uh, acknowledge here. Uh, one, Colton Brickhouse Lichty, player of the game, because he brought down 13 boards that night. You know, and uh, we, we, there's no way we win that game without that. But there, yeah. was a, there was a single performance. This is something I'm going to 
Do you remember the play Housing Gay made on the interception? That oh, yeah. Was that athletic? Well, Isaac, seismic Isaac Oswald got off his feet, got, I never seen a kid his height get that high in the air and squatted a, a, a real important shot down from out of nowhere. I mean, Sizek, Isaac Oswald, uh, uh, he might be getting overlooked a little bit. And that's why I use Killing Me Softly on Cody Graver because he just kind of softly and quietly does a lot of things, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe you're, you know, uh, enamored with some of these other players. Oh, and uh, Shoeless, Simeon Reichenbach came in and got a dunk and, and, and it about tore the lid off of that place. I mean... That's as exciting as it gets, my friend. Well, yeah, I got to go back and watch that one. <laughs> well, go here. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know what I do is I like to uh, watch their YouTube and then time it up with my call. But that call, um, I mean, it, it it's the most listened to play by play I've ever done, and it's just been up for a day. So, well, uh, Scotty, we're gonna cut her off and get you back yep. to your your. Uh, Florida busy schedule down there. Enjoy the sunshine. And thanks for bringing a little bit of, of uh, your sunshine to the listeners of Round Guy Radio. Hey, it's always a pleasure.